Hi and welcome. Today we are going to be discussing um, two of the three very important organs in plants, okay? Two of the three vital plant organs. So plants have three important organs. One is roots, the other one is leaves, and the last and final one is the stem. So we are going to be discussing the first and last one, which is the roots and stem. Um, and this is a point in your syllabus that said, outline um, the internal uh, structure of root and stem. Now, before I get to this, I would like to have you understand the word outline. Now, in your exams, if you're asked to outline then you have to state the main facts, okay? You don't have to go into too much detail. You have to state the main facts. It's like um, the minutes of a meeting. So um, if you're writing um, the minutes of a meeting, then you just give a general description of what was discussed. You don't have to go into the details of everything, but you um, have to state the main things that were discussed. So outlining is stating the main facts, okay? Yes. Now, um, as I said, we're going to be looking at the roots and the stem. Now, the roots have three main functions, and one is to absorb water and mineral ions from the soil. Now, to absorb water and mineral ions, what do we mean by mineral ions? Here we just mean magnesium ions and nitrate ions. Now, if plants don't have these two, then... That's when you start to see the yellowing of leaves or leaves turning orange. And um, that is a deficiency, okay? Um, when they don't have either nitrous ions or um, magnesium ions. And together they are called mineral ions. So plants need those two. So, um, and roots help that. So roots are needed for the absorption of water and mineral ions from the soil. Now we go to the second thing. Um, Roots are needed for anchorage, okay? Um, they grip firmly uh, on the ground so that the plant is not blown away by strong winds or taken away by water that's flowing, okay? And the third important function of roots is for storage of food, okay? It stores the products of photosynthesis that haven't been used by the body. They are stored in um, roots. And some really have a lot of that, like carrots, that they can even feed human beings. Now... Um, we look at the stem. The stem um, is the, uh, supports the leaves. That's one of the functions of the stem. Um, it supports the leaves, and um, it um, it helps to um, conduct water and minerals to leaves um, for photosynthesis, and um, to conduct or to transport water and minerals um, to the leaves. Okay, from the roots to the leaves for photosynthesis. And this will be one way in the xylem as we look at it just in a few minutes. Now, um, they also help to transport the products of photosynthesis um, to the rest of the body. So they take water and minerals to the leaves. And then from the leaves, they come with the, the products of photosynthesis um, to the rest of the body. And um, some of it is what's used, as a, is used uh, for energy and everything else. Now... We then look at what you have to know. So here we've discussed um, the uh, functions of the roots and the stem. 
Now, what your syllabus needs you to know is what we're just about to get into, and that is the internal structure of the uh, roots and stem of a dicotyledonous plant. Now, you don't need to know all about that, but you just need to know the internal structure, okay? And remember, I said roots and stem are plant organs. Now, we'll, as we'll be looking at the internal structure of the um, root and stem of a dicotyledonous plant, you need to know only five tissues, okay? There are five tissues that you're going to have to know. Um, and one is the epidermis, which is the outermost layer, okay? A tissue is just a group of cells or a layer of cells that work together to perform a shared function. Now, the epidermis um, is a group of cells, so it's a, the outermost layer of cells, okay? And it's there, it's responsible for the absorption of um, water, so that's the epidermis, that's um, the epidermis of roots, okay? It's there for the absorption of water, and then um, the epidermis of the stem is there to prevent water loss, okay? And also, to regulate gaseous exchange. So that's for both now. So the epidermis is the outermost um, layer of cells and it's a tissue, okay? The outermost tissue is the epidermis. You have to know that. Now, the second from the, so we're starting from the outside going to the inside. So first is epidermis. Next you have to know is cortex, okay? And it's a tissue again. And cortex is the, um, what are the functions of it? One, uh, for the storing of starch, and um, it's responsible also for diffusion, okay, for diffusion inside the stem, okay, so diffusion of the minerals that we were talking about, um, they diffuse into, so absorption, when we say absorption, it, we mean just things are going in, and the process could be diffusion, okay, and that's, um, the cortex is there also, it's, it's spaced, it allows diffusion also, it's responsible for diffusion, and another thing is the storage of starch, okay, now, from the cortex, we then go to phloem, I mean, I, I, I think you're already, um, acquainted with the word, with the word, so phloem is, um, um, is there for transporting, um, the products of photosynthesis, okay, it is one of the two vascular, uh, tubes or vascular bundles, the xylem and phloem. So um, we start by phloem and phloem, um, phloem, okay, transports food, okay? The F, so phloem is pH, but it gives a sound, it gives an F sound, so f, okay? Phloem, food. So phloem for food and food, we just mean the products of photosynthesis and it transports to the rest of the body. So the products can go two ways, it can go from one, um, multi-direct, um, uh, yeah, bi-directional, and the, so we go epidermis, cortex, phloem, now we go to the fourth, which is cambium, C-A-M-B-I-U-M, okay, and this is just a layer of meristemic cells, when I say meristem cells, I mean that these cells are undifferentiated, um, and that means that they don't have any function, okay, so this cells they're, they haven't been turned into any type of a cell. They're just some cells that are waiting to be converted to, uh, they go, so um, they could then form the phloem cells, okay? Um, so they could form um, secondary um, xylem cells also. So 
These are just the cells. The cambium is just a layer of cells that don't have a function. They are waiting to be converted into any other function. Now, um, and then fourth, we go to the xylem. The xylem is the last thing we have to know. And this is therefore the transportation of water and mineral ions, okay, from the roots to the leaves. So remember, I said four things now, um, five, sorry, and that's epidermis, the cortex, the phloem, the cambium, and the xylem. So again, epidermis, cortex, phloem, cambium, and xylem. So you just have to know those five and you'll be good to go. Okay, now let's look at the blood content. Now, the blood is made up of four main parts. One is platelets. The other, red blood cells. The third, white blood cells. And the fourth, the plasma. So, those are four parts that make up the blood. One, we say platelets. Then, why, why are they called platelets? Because... They are small plates. Let's mean small, okay? And plate just means something flat, not the plate that you eat in. So platelets, some small flat fragments, okay? They are made up of uh, fragments of cells in the bone marrow. So when you those dead cells break up, they form what are called platelets, okay? Now... We have red blood cells, and then we have white blood cells. So these two, the red blood cells and the white blood cells, they are cells that are in the blood. That's why they are called blood cells, okay? They are cells that are found within the blood, and they suspend in the plasma. Now, that's what we are now looking. The plasma is the watery pl part of the blood, and the platelets, the red blood cells, and the white blood cells suspend in the plasma. What do we mean to suspend? To suspend means that, like, you know, like how a piece of litter would flow in a river, okay? It does not dissolve in the water. It will just be flowing with the water. So that's what these do. The platelets, the red blood cells, and the white blood cells, they are suspended in the plasma. And what's the plasma? The plasma is the liquid part of the blood so now let, let's let's look at the other um, let's look at them in depth a little bit but we said remember we said the other three are suspended in the plasma okay because it's the liquid part so they just float with the plasma which is the liquid part of the blood now um, the plasma is um, the largest part of the blood it makes up around about about 55% of the blood Okay, so about 55% of the blood is the plasma, and the plasma is 90% water, so it's mainly just water, and it makes 55% of your blood. Um, why, why is it needed? It helps, one, it helps to smoothen blood flow, okay, for easier blood flow, okay, because the blood will be so thick, and that plasma helps um, to smoothen blood flow by making the blood a little bit watery. And also, it carries dissolved substances, okay, around the body, like um, nutrients, and um, also it carries waste products out of the body. So, um, dissolved substances flow in the plasma, okay, just, but they are now dissolved. So, we, here we're talking about nutrient, um, food nutrients like glucose, okay. Glucose is dissolved in the plasma of the blood and then taken to all the cells where it is needed. 
and um, for respiration. Now, uh, carbon dioxide, which is a waste gas, is dissolved into the plasma and then carried away to the lungs. So the plasma, we have these things dissolving, dissolved substances in the plasma. And that is one, nutrients and waste products. So those two. So we it is for why is the plasma necessary? Smooth blood flow and transportation of uh, dissolved substances. So that's the plasma. Now we look at the red blood cells. The red blood cells um, are there. Uh, they one have no nucleus. Two they um, they have hemoglobin, and they make up around about fifty percent of the blood. So. No, not 50, 45, some 40 something percent. They, they nearly 50, okay? 40 something percent of the blood is uh, red blood cells. So we have plasma, which is 55, and then we have red blood cell, which is a lot more also, which is a lot also. Um, around 44% of the blood is also um, the red blood cells. So they are a lot, they are a lot also. And why are they important? Because they carry oxygen, okay? They are the ones that are responsible for binding oxygen in the lungs. When you breathe in oxygen, um, it is bound by the red blood cells and then transported around the body. So red blood cells, they, they are adapted or adopted for um, the function, for their function, which is to carry oxygen. And how they adopted? One, they have no nucleus okay why don't they have a nucleus and yet their cells yes their cells without a nucleus why because their job is to bind oxygen so for them to have a lot more space inside them for this oxygen then they have to have to have, um, they don't have a nucleus so that they have a lot more space for the oxygen to go in and the other thing is that they are curved in both sides okay and why is this necessary? Because it increases the surface area. You, as you know, that um, the more surface area we have for diffusion, the faster the diffusion will be. So, so that oxygen goes in to the red blood cells from the lungs fast and also gets out when it gets to the cells fast, they have to have those, the large surface area. And how do they ensure they have a large surface area? They are curved in both sides, okay? So remember, for the red blood cells, we said um, they are responsible for oxygen transmission and how they adopted for that function. One, they have no nucleus and two, um, they are curved in, um, inside both at the top and at the bottom. And the third, they have what we call hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is the red pigment. OK, the what makes them red? The reason why they're called red blood cells is they have hemoglobin, which is which. Um, which is red and it makes them red and that's what makes the blood red also so that red pigment is called hemoglobin and is the one that binds the oxygen so that's how red blood cells are adopted for oxygen transmission they have um, hemoglobin they have no nucleus and they're um, they are curved in at the top and at the bottom both sides for an increased surface area for diffusion now we look at white blood cells now, white blood cells, we have two types, okay? Um, we have two types. One, um, we have those, uh, we have, okay, we have many types, but we have two main types that we'll be looking at for your specification. And one is phagocytes. The other one is lymphocytes. Now, as you know that 
phagocytes. Um, the, both of these are there for the fighting of bacteria or infection. And phagocytes fight by engulfing the bacteria, okay? They eat it up, okay? Like eating it, like chewing it. That's how phagocytes attack. Now, lymphocytes produce antibodies, okay? So lymphocytes produce antibodies which are like medicine to us and phagocytes engulf the bacteria. So white blood cells are just responsible for fighting um, infection and they do it in two ways because white blood cells, we, we have phagocytes and we have lymphocytes and one is by engulfing, the other one is by the production of antibodies, okay? So we've looked at that. Now we look at the last thing which is the platelets. The platelets are, are just fragments of uh, large cells from the bone marrow, like I said, and um, they are responsible for forming a blood clot. If you're to have a wound, they form a blood clot, okay, where you, you have been cut so that they prevent, one, you losing blood, so they prevent the loss of blood, and two, they prevent... Um, bacteria from getting in to your body okay so they they have a mechanism um, so they go to the wound where they've there's been a cut and they seal it up okay they stick together they have a mechanism that they have sticking together and then they form what is called a scab you know that black thing when when they dry up they form what's called a scab what is it there to do? It's just there to prevent loss of blood and um, bacteria getting into your body. So those are the four main parts of the blood. We have, um, we have the plasma, we have the red blood cells, we have the white blood cells, and then we have the platelets. So that's all you need to know, and goodbye. Now let's look at the blood vessels, okay? Um, the tubes that carry your blood around the body. We have three main types, and we have, and these are arteries, veins, and capillaries. So before I get into detail, I just want you um, to straighten this out. First, you should know that what are called arteries are all blood vessels that take blood away from the heart, okay? So any blood vessel that takes blood away from the heart is called an artery get that straight we don't care if it carries oxygenated blood or deoxygenated blood the fact that it's carrying blood away from the heart makes it an artery so away is an artery a at the beginning away for artery um a for artery and a for away so um arteries carry blood away from the heart veins transfer it back or transport it back to the heart so veins they take blood back to the heart okay Make sure you get the straight. Arteries carry blood away from the heart and veins carry blood back to the heart. Capillaries, they are, um, their function is just for exchange of gases and nutrients with the cells. So they are the ones that then form a relationship with the cells. Um, no cell is far away from a capillary. So capillaries penetrate into all parts of the body. There is no cell that's far away from a capillary. They are close to all cells and they do the 
um, exchange of gases. They give the cells oxygen and they take back carbon dioxide, you know, and they put it back into the bloodstream and it flows away. And also they give the cells the nutrients, okay, that they need and they get the waste products from like urea from um, the cells. Now, so capillaries are there for the exchange of gases and nutrients with cells. Arteries carry blood away from the heart and veins carry blood back to the heart. Okay, now let's look at, at a little bit of um, the construction. Um, arteries are usually round when you look at them. They uh, look round because they have um, they are very thick, okay? Arteries are very thick and they have a very, very thick wall. They have a very thick wall that's made of elastic fibers. Why? Because they carry blood that's at high pressure, that's just been pumped um, from the heart, okay? Um, and it's at high pressure, so they need to have those elastic fibers, okay, that will help the transmission of this blood that's at high pressure. So they have... A very small lumen and what's the lumen the lumen is the inside where the blood will be flowing okay the inside tube is it's it's kind of it's kind of thin it's thinner than in veins as we look at it but they have a thick wall okay that is that is made of elastic fibers okay and this helps in the transmission of this high pressure blood and now most of the arteries carry oxygenated blood okay because like the aorta we have um they carry the arteries can carry blood to the head and to the rest of the body and this will be oxygenated blood that has just come from the lungs so most arteries carry oxygenated blood except the pulmonary artery which takes blood to the lungs and this will be deoxygenated blood that has just come from circulating the rest of the body and the head and is taken to the lungs for oxygenation. So, except the pulmonary artery, but most carry oxygenated blood. Um, in contrast, most veins carry deoxygenated blood, okay, because they'll be taking blood that has circulated, the re um, that has just gone around the body and now going back to the heart where they'll be pumped, um, where it'll be pumped to the lungs for oxygenation. So, veins carry deoxygenated blood, except for pulmonary veins. What are pulmonary veins? These are the ones that take blood from the lungs back to the heart. So pulmonary has something to do with lungs. Make sure you, you know that. Pulmonary arteries carry blood um, from the heart to the lungs and pulmonary veins from the lungs to the heart. Now, um, we looked at um, the wall thickness of arteries and the lumen of the arteries. Lumen is the the spacing inside where the blood will be flowing, okay? The inside tube is called the lumen, and we said it's not so thick because um, the walls are so thick as the blood will be flowing at high pressure, but they're elastic so they can um, stretch out a little bit and allow for blood to flow a bit more. Now, when we look at veins, veins are very, very, very wide, okay? The lumen of veins is very wide, and but the walls are not as thick. So the walls are not so thick, but the lumen is very wide. Why? Because veins are carrying blood at low pressure. And if the tubes would be, if the tubes, if the lumen was to be small, then this would be deeper. This would depressurize the blood even more. And we would, we would risk the blood flowing back, you know, 
um, where it's not needed. Okay, so they are very large so that they don't reduce the pressure of the blood by any means. Okay, the lumen is so, so, so large so that it does not reduce the pressure of the blood by any means. Now, another thing you should know about veins is that um, veins have valves and this prevents the backflow of the blood. So veins have valves, okay, that make sure that blood does not flow back, okay? Now, one more thing is we'll look, one more last thing we'll look at is the capillaries. The capillaries are very, very tiny because they have to penetrate um, uh, to all parts of the body. And they are so tiny that when red blood cells are flowing in them, they have to flow in a single file. That's how fine um, tiny capillaries are. And the walls are only one cell thick. Why? Because they have to be very, very small to have faster diffusion, okay? The diffusion of these gases and nutrients in and out of the capillaries. So they are thin and they are very tiny and they are only one, their walls are only one cell thick. So that's all you need to know about blood vessels. Thank you and goodbye.